Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, Godzilla, 1998. In the year 1998, Godzilla was back. Kind of, but not really. I was about to say, are we sure? (laughs) Godzilla's been rebranded, right? This is is Zilla. Yeah, 1998. Um, it's it's near. It's I think it's number 18 on the. Um, hold on, let me make sure I get the name of this right. Uh, number 18 on the. I should have had it right on on cap. Anyway, it's a the, you know a hundred. There we go. A hundred years, a hundred stinkers list. It's in the bottom. Wow. 20. I yeah. didn't think it quite deserves that. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, it, well, it's it's what we like to call a romp, that's for sure. <laughs> well, so this is a film. We basically have two films to talk about today. Because we have the 1998 motion picture about Big Lizard smashing New York, which is great, which is fine. It's a fun movie. And then we have the first attempt at an American remake of Godzilla, which is shambolic and offensive. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. like both of those things are true. Yeah, well, um, this watching it last night or whatever, I was kind of like, oh, this is like late '90s, the movie, like more than mm. most things. I mean, like Independence Day, we said had a little bit of a timeless feel, you know, same director and producer, of course. Um, I guess Small Soldiers had a pretty well. That was more of a kiddie late '90s thing, right? This is kind of yeah. the, uh, I guess, late pop '90s culture. blockbuster. Yeah, it's it's got well, it's literally got blockbuster ads in it, if in the um, in Madison Square Garden, so. You know, now now we're putting that stuff into Captain Marvel and having like recreated and stuff for nostalgia, right? But uh, <laughs> the music in this is about as late '90s blockbuster as possible, and so on. Yeah, the cast. Yes, yes, the cast. Um, we have what half of the Simpsons here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of fun though. I like that. Um, I think. Yeah, I saw. I I was one of the people that would have seen this like opening weekend at least, if not opening night. And um, I, I think I just came out with a meh myself because we were, we were used to watching completely insane, impossible action by 1998 anyway. So, <laughs> hmm. although so I, yeah, I was like seven years old and already like I was a Jurassic Park generation kid and obsessed with Godzilla. So this was huge for me. And this is one of the earlier like blockbuster releases i remember in terms of like it was the advert on the bus it was the advert on tv it was the happy meal at mcdonald's it was everywhere like i remember the bus advert was just a big picture of godzilla's foot and it says his foot is bigger than this bus (laughs) (laughs) 
so be, being older, I was in university, so I was getting hit by the uh, videos mm. because we got it's a, it's a Puff Daddy doing the Led Zeppelin thing that's in the end credits. Um, yeah, I think I think the Wallflowers did a version of Heroes that sounded exactly like Bowie's, except it wasn't good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe that's later in the credits. I'm not quite sure, but those videos were we were getting pummeled with those videos. Uh, okay. you know, as someone that didn't take the bus, but. Well, the university buses wouldn't have Godzilla. Did you drive the bus? Yeah, at this point? No, that was a few years later. (laughs) But we didn't have Uh, I wish I could say you drove the Godzilla bus. Oh, yeah, that would have been awesome. But no no ads on the bus. Just They they did come from Disney World, though. My university got their buses from Disney World. So they were the Disney World buses, but rebranded for my university. (laughs) But they still played It's a Small World constantly. Yeah, that's right. And, and, but that was just Matt's saying. choice. That wasn't the bus. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would not be my choice. Although when I took my daughter there to Disneyland when she was three and a half, we had to ride that like five times. It's also really busy and there's never a line for It's a Small World. So that was the other reason. Mm. I'm not saying you would personally enjoy it. I'm saying you would do it to irritate other people. Oh, no, I do the party bus. I have a bunch of drunk people on, on the bus and I go to the electronic radio station uh, and and then you know, start flashing lights and hitting the hills really fast. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. it as a party. Beat up a lot night. of vomit. No, but we did uh, one night. We were all there was about five buses around, and there was a, a couple like going on different people's buses, going in the back and doing increasingly like sexual stuff. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so I, and they got on mine. I think they were just necking a little bit, but later. We get the, oh, my God, these people are doing this on my bus. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, keeping it more wholesome, what was a uh, seven-year-old Luke's uh, response to this movie? I don't really remember my response to the movie because I was too young. I remember being very excited about the toys, and I remember watching the Saturday morning cartoon in the like preceding years, and I remember, I guess, enjoying the movie. <laughs> uh, but, like... My actual memories of this film get all mixed up with this, The Lost World, which came out the year before, the original Jurassic Park. Um, And then it's not until later on in my teens I go back to watching it as a big Godzilla fan who's seen a lot of the Japanese ones. Like, I guess I was planning to watch it expecting to hate it. I'm just being like, no, but it's it's fine, though. (laughs) Like, yeah, Yeah. obviously it's not as good as the real ones. But like, it's not a terrible film. And like, it didn't doesn't invalidate all the other Godzillas that we still have before and since. I think I like, I'm, I'm thinking of it in terms of kind of Emmerich's filmography. And I do feel like maybe it's, I mean, let, let's, none of his movies are like, like legit, like quote unquote good. Right. But I do feel I mean, like. I disagree, but. Well, well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I was about to say some are more resonant, right. You yeah, know, like, I as in I like them. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I like this better in Stargate. Universal Soldier, I haven't seen since 1992. Independence Day blows us out of the water for sure. Oh, God, but yeah. Not, but not at sequel resurgence. Um, Just I still think, haven't seen. I, I think if I watched it now, I would there, it'd be problematic. But I remember liking The Patriot when it came out. Huh. Um, I like The Day After Tomorrow more than I should. And uh, I like 2012 more than I should. So hmm. <laughs> I We are. It's not going to take us long until we have actually covered the entire Emmerich catalog on this podcast. Oh, yeah, it's certainly fodder for a sci-fi <laughs> podcast. I mean, like I, I like I said, 
I'm not saying I don't like his movies. I'm just not willing to call them, you know, good movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, to catch people up on on this one, I don't know. Is this one you can do off your dome? It seems like you might. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, easily. <laughs> okay, run it. Nick to top the list is the worm guy, a scientist who deals with animals that have grown exponentially large due to radiation. And he's brought in by the military to investigate a mysterious creature that's eating fishing vessels. The creature turns up in New York and it's a big ass iguana and it wants to lay eggs. Nick rekindles the romance with an old flame who's now a journalist, but she leaks some military documents and Nick gets kicked off the team just as he discovers that the creature has laid eggs. He teams up with the French Secret Service to find the nest they report it to the military the nest gets blown up and then this not quite godzilla gets tangled up in the brooklyn bridge and killed with standard explosives that's that's american military for you well we we're, we're gonna have to talk a lot about the american <laughs> military in this film Let's get into it. No one cares about the actors on this one. <laughs> I care about Matthew Broderick. I like. Ferris yeah, he's Bueller. like a mega piece of shit. Oh, read, oh, what like in what modern years or something? Oh, I did. He oh, like he killed people in a drink driving accident and got away with it because he's famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that, <laughs> when was that? That I, was I like remember. not recent. That was like maybe early two thousands or something. Okay. Because that, yeah, that's why he stopped being in films real suddenly. Oh, that's because I, I, I was thinking about that when watching this. So I was like, yeah, I remember seeing him in films. What what happened? Because I was like, oh, he'd only be in his fifties now. So yeah, I guess it, was, he... it was in the UK. He, um... yeah, he drunk drunk drive. I think killed two people, um, and then just paid like a hundred and seventy five pound fine or something, and that was it. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, I guess it made bigger news in the UK. Oh I'm wait, gonna... no, that's oh. Oh no, because it was it was 1987. It was before he was famous. Oh, crazy! So the yeah, whole very time, bit. yeah. So the whole time we were being, uh, yeah, definitely didn't make the. That wasn't common knowledge, say when Godzilla came out. I think, at least mm. not in the states. Anyway, as someone who watched Ferris Bueller too many times, you know, obviously that that was a. Uh, also, I, I don't. I might have made up the fact that it was. Involved alcohol. Oh, okay. Roderick uh, told the police he had no recollection of the clash and did not know why he had been in the wrong lane. Okay. Maybe he's just a shitty driver. I don't know. Hmm. The family called it a travesty of justice. Hmm. Because he faced up to five years in prison but was convicted of the much lesser charge 
and of careless driving and find a hundred pounds. Okay. Well, yeah. I guess people make mistakes, but uh <laughs> But then in twenty twelve he was in a multi million dollar Honda ad that aired during the Super Bowl. A what and ad? The family said Honda ad. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so eight, the... 86. Had he even done films yet? I think Apparently he is active from 81. So but there's War Games. Oh, yeah. War Games is another one I watched an awful lot when I was a kid. So it's also we probably should do on here eventually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's it's I've almost mentioned it on several occasions. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, I guess it's not a case of necessarily Matthew Broderick being an awful person, just that the justice system being awful for dealing with rich people. Okay. There you go. So, because, yeah, I, I, yeah, after this, he still had the producers coming, but he has kind of like tapered off in recent years. I don't remember seeing him in anything recently. So, I guess he's, he's not like a super great actor, and boyish charm stops working when you hit a certain age. Oh, I know the one that I, uh, also about this time, and probably why I was a little more primed to see Godzilla. I think he had just done the movie Dick, which, okay, that, that's no, no, that's no, a, no, 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 election, election. Okay. It, it, they, they came out like about the same time. That's why I'm crossing the wires. I just wanted to say Dick, really? that's all. But no, he was in an election, which uh, I, I, that's another one where watching it now, it would probably seem more problematic, sort of like how, like on so many levels, you can't watch American Beauty anymore. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> There's like five levels you don't want to watch American Beauty anymore. <laughs> uh, who else is here? We got our couple of Simpsons. Uh, you know, Hank Azaria is keeping it pretty low key. It's just that one time. Yeah, first, he, for the most part, he's not doing Godzilla. his big voices. Yeah, there, there was one time when, when he first runs after Zilla with his camera. It was definitely like Mo screaming. That was kind of fun. But yeah, <laughs> but the rest of the time, surprisingly um, subdued. Harry Shearer being not subdued at all. But that's what you want from a from him, I think. <laughs> yep, you've got um, Jean Renault in here. Well, just... he's in every movie from 1996 to 1999. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, he's great. He does what he does. He just turns up and does Jean Renault stuff. I mean, yeah, if this movie, well, when this movie was made 15 years later, that's when it's like, man, we should really put Ken Watanabe in here because that fishing trial at the beginning of the movie is not really enough. And that, yeah. that's, that's the, I guess Last Samurai hadn't come out yet. So he hadn't got his like Japanese man you put in Hollywood movies. Uh, Thing oh yet. god yeah if they tried to do that now we'd have gotten like mr miyagi so <laughs> i'm glad they didn't try to do that in 1998 okay maybe it's for the best then <laughs> um you have michael lerner as mayor eber a deliberate like homage well, to eber <laughs> well and as in his um his assistant is is gene yep <laughs> so um i did look up ebert gave this one yeah, he hated um, the film. <laughs> uh, uh, one and a half stars so <laughs> I wonder if he even mentioned in the review that it has a tribute to him. He did. And he said, he, he, he said, I will grant them that they did not murder us in the movie because <laughs> <laughs> they could have had him easily Godzilla stomped. <laughs> so he's, he's I'm like, assuming Thank this you, Mr. was for not murdering us in the movie. But yeah, <laughs> I still I'm don't like your movie. Previously slated Stargate and Independence Day. And that was why this happened would be my guess. Correct. Um Another dorky thing I was noticing is that the television station is WIDF, which I assume is ID4. Uh, maybe. Because, uh, um, so when we did Armageddon recently, you mentioned that there had been rumors that Michael Bay was going to do Godzilla. Did I mention uh, that? 
Or maybe I guessed it. But then yeah. in in Armageddon, there's a bunch of Godzilla toys. And in Independence Day, there's a bunch of Godzilla toys. So clearly both directors wanted to do Godzilla. Mm, and one weird us. thing, this film has a bunch of actors who I associate with Michael Bay. Because uh, Kevin Dunn is the colonel. He's the dad from Transformers. Oh, yeah. And Small Soldiers, oddly enough. <laughs> um, and then the he has only a brief role, but the soldier who turns up and collects Matthew Broderick at the start of the film is played by Glenn Morshower, who's like the military guy in all the Transformers films. In this one, okay. Well, you yeah. know, it's I get there's probably like this big budget bubble of character actors, you know. Yeah, I also just plus, they're not going to screw up your shoot, you know. Yeah. And um, just just one more thing on the Transformers. Guess who did a bunch of monster noises? With uh, Welker. Yeah. Okay. That was. A, I guess he does the most of the animal noises, doesn't he? Yeah. I wonder if he even like does come in and do noises for each film, or if there's just a big CD of Frank Welker animal noises that they all use. <laughs> I would like to get the footage of him doing that in in Booth. That must be fun to watch. <laughs> um, the lead female role in the film, Mary Patillo. Maria Patillo is the actor. Um, yeah, literally just known for Godzilla. But she yeah. was fine. Yes, I'm surprised. Was it such a flop that it ruined her career? She did win the Golden Raspberry for it. Oh, she was fine. Yeah, um, I, I can go over the raspberries for this. Uh, what do we have? Um, worst picture nominated but did not win. Maria Patillo won for worst supporting actress. TriStar Pictures won mm. for worst remake or sequel. Um, Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin for directing and screenplay. Well, Devlin for screenplay. They they were only nominated. They did not. They did not. Um, win the worst director and worst screenplay award so and they did not win the worst movie trends of the year because come on godzilla's not a bad trend oh. maybe they didn't do it right but you know <laughs> she's got a longer section of unsold pilots on her wikipedia than her section of things she was actually in oh okay that's too i guess that's uh, too bad yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that all that's on here is really godzilla for uh two made for tv movies Mm-hmm. So, But I mean, if yeah. we're talking about the cast, the only member of the cast anyone gives a shit about is Godzilla. Right, right, of course. Well, again, if he's actually in this or not, right? So, <laughs> well, well Zilla, she, at least. She, I guess, well, I don't know, they say asexual. So, I guess it yeah. would actually be the correct pronoun because they continue they. saying he the entire time. Well, they would yeah, they keep calling all, it that, yeah. All the velociraptors. Um, <laughs> well, um, I don't know. Why don't you? How how are we going to monster wrap this one? So okay, well, let's know. talk about it first, just as its own monster. Okay, I think it's a pretty cool creature design. It is, but like you said, the Lost World taste on the on the baby ones is a little strong. Mm, but the the sort of square face is quite unique. Like if you look at this monster, you know what you're looking at. Yeah, yeah, 
I, I um, guess and the sort of the lithe body shape is it makes it the way it moves is a bit more unique and it can climb up buildings and do a bit more of a semi King Kong thing at times. I feel like this was maybe too early in CGI land to really make a night one that really sticks in the brain, you know. I mean, mm. it, it, there's a little bit of gr brown green blobishness, not not as much as say the um, the lizard in that amazing Spider-Man movie, but um, it's got a little <laughs> bit of that going, you know. There, it's any time that you're seeing like characters and there's just its leg or something behind them, it's just a vague CGI mess. But whenever you see a full body shot, I think it looks good. Yeah, yeah, with with uh, with the main Zilla, I guess it's mostly fine. It's it's more with the smaller ones where it gets a little rough. The thing with the smaller ones is you're probably right because I had a bunch of toy ones as a kid. I actually really like them. <laughs> and speaking of which, special section for YouTube viewers. Here's a sealed in its box baby Godzilla. All right. You know what you know what you've got to do with vintage um classic toys like this. Take them out of the box. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would never keep that stuff in the box. Come on. <laughs> yeah, so that's our guest for the... Uh, yeah, that's basically for... the reason we're doing this podcast is I wanted to watch the film before I opened the toy. Uh, I didn't okay. want to watch the film until we did a podcast. Mission successful then. And that's, okay, that's one of the baby ones. It's a little more red. What yeah, 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 well, yeah, there? if the... If the toys are all like multicolored, but yeah, you don't really get that from the film. They all look pretty gray. Just let me see the face there, because you're saying they're more boxy. I guess I see that, but there's still an awesome. Especially on the large, the large. Oh, I'm mostly talking about the large Godzilla. Oh, okay. I was, yeah, when I'm. Yeah, yeah these the were definitely world. trying to be baby Godzillas. I will say that. I, Raptors. I think the those sequences are better than the ones in Lost World. Uh, yeah, probably. I, I like the, I guess, you know, because the Lost where we just get that little touch of urban attack at the end where mm. it's kind of cool. Like we're in Madison Square Garden. We're trying to keep them in here. There's a bunch of fish, blah, blah. I, I Maybe one of the flowers with this movie is that was the best sequence, but they, they still had to be like, oh, but we still have to have like the full Zilla at the end. Right. So, mm. but uh, the do you think it would, you think it would have been better if they actually had killed it with the submarines? And then the conclusion was just stopping the eggs. Well, that you can't do that in a Godzilla yeah. movie. That's the problem. Right. They they kind of painted themselves into a corner. Like that's yeah. how the Lost World should have ended. You know, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's more what I'm saying. They should trade. You know, yeah. Lost World's got the one. Is it is it a T Rex in the end? That's in. It's a T Rex. Yeah. Just well, I was talking. I was talking finales. about how I, talking about how I get the films mixed up. Um, the scene where Godzilla first arrives in New York and smashes up that pier, I always confuse in my head because The Lost World has the scene where the boat comes in and smashes up the pier because the T-Rex has killed everyone on board. Mm. I think we're it's finding just... some of the flaws of uh, late 90s big-budget blockbuster making. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for the... the most part, I think... Obviously, it doesn't look modern, but... The effects do hold up pretty well for a 1998 CGI monster. Yeah one, re yeah, one reason for that is because most of the carnage he's causing is practical. That they were smash helps. smashing up models and flipping real cars. Um, so it like even though the CG is a bit off, uh, the the main thing that was off about the CG 
is it didn't seem to move at the same frame rate as everything that was being filmed. And it, uh, it the, had a weird stop motion feel sometimes. Yeah, and it wasn't like color timed or something. It seemed yeah, like yeah, it yeah. just in a different space than everything else sometimes. Um, that's something which I think definitely Spielberg did better than Emmerich, which I'm sure there's quite a long list of things that Spielberg does better than Emmerich. But... Well, especially in the first Jurassic Park, it, it, it's only like 40% of that stuff's actually CGI, right? Mm. But the, does... in, even the shots which are CGI, the ones that work, it's because Spielberg has thought about the lighting when he's filming the live stuff so that the monster could fit in. Whereas maybe Emmerich does a bit of the modern, the film a lot, mistake a lot of modern films make of just thinking, well, we're going to stick it in with CG, but not filming it with that in mind. I mean, because Independence Day, does that even have digital in it? It's mostly model work. And there may be like one or two shots, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Because this is, I guess, one of the first times we went to a theater and we're like, gee, maybe everything being digital is not such a great thing. Mm. (laughs) That might be why this film got as razzed as it did. Because this is one of the first examples of, oh, maybe CG doesn't do it better. Yeah, yeah. And I think think even this has quite a lot of puppet shots. Yeah, I I guess. Uh, But yeah, I guess that, like you said, the film speed and the color timing thing that that just seems a little weird sometime um mm. i guess the other flaws uh i'm looking at statements from the filmmakers with um dean devlin saying they constructed the movie wrong because it's like they don't start explaining the characters until the middle of the movie but you've already made your judgments on them or something which i don't know uh, I, I don't even know if i agree with them about that but <laughs> yeah i don't think that's my issue with the film <laughs> <laughs> You can you can come up with a, another issue if you want. So I'm just going by the thing I read right before you you know rolled tape. <laughs> uh, I guess it is like the characters we're supposed to care about don't actually share any screen time until like the final third. That's and we just ha- of... we just have them telling other characters that they know each other. Yeah, like maybe, maybe know, that's what he's getting at. Yeah, exactly. Broderick and his his sweetie. No, they just. I mean, they're instantly thrown into running from you know little little Zillas, right? Yeah, and then they yeah, just they get... oh we still love each other, but yeah, after you know oh uh, that, they yeah, get one uh, scene uh, where explosion. she betrays him, right? Then they get a scene where they escape from dinosaurs, and then that's the end of their character arc. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the yeah, other one, like the other one. Uh, Devlin said, and here I'll read the actual quote this time. Uh, The first is we did not commit to anthropomorphizing Godzilla, meaning we did not decide if he was a heroic character or a villainous character. That actually was going to be my big complaint about the film. Decision to have him be neither and just simply an animal trying to survive. Because the film really feels like it can't decide if Godzilla is a sympathetic character or not. Like sometimes the hero, the humans are shooting missiles at him and we get a heroic swell of music. And then two seconds later, he's dead and we get really sad music. Yeah, that was definitely some weird whiplash because it's like. Um, (laughs) Because the original, I mean, I guess it's time to start getting into this. The original 1954 Godzilla, which this is ostensibly a remake of, um, does a really good job of what they just said they were trying to do where Godzilla doesn't feel like a character. It's just a force of nature. And That's... so it's not villainous or heroic. It just is. 
but that needs to be put against like here we have your rip roaring hollywood heroes and in the original mm. godzilla we have a rather dour we're all screwed japanese society but yeah because that's the biggest fundamental problem with this film the original godzilla is indirectly maybe a big critique of an american military action right <laughs> yeah uh, or is this film a like it has heroic military american soldiers all the way through it and B, tries to shift the blame to some French nuclear tests. <laughs> what a pathetic, cowardly film. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, nuclear bombs were bad. We're really making a statement there. Yeah, right? <laughs> Whereas, like, yeah, the original Godzilla was made from a very emotional place of dealing with this, like, generational trauma. Whereas the 98 Godzilla is... You know, it was made three years too early, basically, because America didn't have any generational trauma to funnel into a film yet <laughs> maybe it's and like then, this quantum well, ripples in time you know because what, what was it when, when were i don't know it was when, it was um it was starship Trooper. troopers was the one where we were like oh shit this is um this feels like a 9-11 movie and it came out like a month before yeah well, well what was the whole french thing in uh, the states is because they wouldn't go along with us into iraq or something i don't remember but yeah um, it, probably some bullshit like that yeah, there was a year. Oh, right. Well, yeah, because then Bush is calling them cheesy eating surrender monkeys and stuff. Yeah, that's when we had the freedom fries. And I that's, that's, yeah. like this is like four years before that. So, oh, those monsters <laughs> who wouldn't go to Iraq, that just and holy war. <laughs> yeah, that's I why got I'm detention at school for skipping school to protest the Iraq war. Yeah, that's why I'm sitting here like trying to, why wasn't, why were Americans, but it certainly wasn't that. But yeah, I guess it was that, wasn't it? <laughs> Ah, but then I well, I think the only reason this is making taking pot shots at the French is just Roland Emmerich having a laugh because he's Belgian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. That makes <laughs> I, sense. I think that might be like him having some fun because then he has the French characters making fun of American coffee and donuts all the way through. Right. So he's got yeah, he's got no skin in the game, right? He's from Belgium, so I don't know. I guess God, is... Godzilla needs to be made by people that. Well, you can make fun Godzilla films too. But the fun Godzilla films have to be Godzilla fighting something. Yeah. When you're making a film where it's just Godzilla destroys the city, then you've got original Godzilla, you've got Shin Godzilla. Those are both, I would say, masterpieces. You've got this one where it's like, well, it's not about anything. So it's just a lizard smashing buildings. <laughs> and then I don't know. Like, I obviously, I'm not rooting for any of these humans. I'm rooting for Godzilla. <laughs> so the film is just awkward. <laughs> Both Shin and the uh, 50s original also have a very, not boring, but stately pace, mm. you know, where this one it tries to be pretty manic. and Exactly, because they're not action films, right? Right. They're films about something, about a disaster and what it does to people and stuff, or what it does to a state, in Shin's case, really, more than people. Whereas this yeah. film is like, whoa, wouldn't it be fun to see Godzilla smash some stuff? Which, sure, but yeah, it doesn't make for the best yeah, movie. Give us, give us more fun stuff to smash then. Because <laughs> the, the 2014 Godzilla is far from perfect. Um, and I think the MonsterVerse Godzillas also are very problematic in the way they twist the depiction of nuclear weaponry. Because in those films, like, nukes are what save the day by powering up Godzilla. <laughs> um, but those films, for the most part, don't try and pretend that they are remaking the 1954 classic they're just like hey here's godzilla here's a bad monster let's see him fight 
literally <laughs> the, the line everyone remembers from Godzilla is Ken Watanabe, let them fight. So <laughs> at least course... those films knew what they were doing a bit more. Yeah, and they went straight to other monsters in the 2014, right? I mean, the, mm. there's those Muto things that nobody likes, but, you know, it's not it's not just Godzilla in a vacuum. Which, right. while Zilla spawns here, you know, that doesn't really count. Zilla doesn't fight. That's, that's just more of Godzilla, right? Yeah. Yeah. Would it be cool if we had more Godzilla? Mm. <laughs> but, uh, or, or as... as the Toho actors were, you know, they took the God out of, out of Godzilla, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think they ever call it Zilla in any of the films. That's just something the, one of the directors said, like, yeah, there's no God in that thing. It's just Zilla. Um, but then one of the first Japanese films after this, they're talking about Godzilla in like some military meeting. It's like, Oh, didn't it attack New York in 98? And then the general was like, Oh no, a lot of people thought that was Godzilla, but it wasn't. <laughs> And then a couple they, years later than that, in Final Wars, the real Godzilla actually kills this thing. They don't name it, though, in, that, in Final no, Wars. that's what no, I'm saying. Okay. They don't actually name it in any of the films. Oh, uh, okay, okay. That's sort See, of I, a, I, I unofficial have, name. I remembered it being named in Final Wars, but that's, you know, me. Well, I've also watched it once, so. <laughs> also, on this box that I just opened, uh, because it's a Japanese release, it has some of the little Toho logos on it. Apparently, this is an official figure of uh, Baby Godzilla. <laughs> But it's got a picture of the Japanese character, Baby Godzilla. Oh, Godzilla. yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Not, not quite, guys. Okay. Because <laughs> I did find a, a logo like that, which was for Zilla. So th- there is. I don't uh, know. Is that that toy that, dates this, from 98? Yeah, I think this is from 98. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because the later one, uh, they it was like, you know, mid 2000s when they started yeah, yeah, using yeah. that logo a little bit for the TriStar Godzilla. Mm-hmm. I guess that's it's not actually like a valuable um, retro toy. It cost me 550 yen. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting here like, gee, I wonder, because you know, I mean, you and I know when we see that Phantom Menace stuff, sometimes it's like ridiculously expensive. Mm-hmm. And sometimes <laughs> it's not, actually. So I guess it depends yeah. where you're looking. So I don't think any of the Zilla shit is going to be expensive, <laughs> but it'll always tickle my pickle. Radio. So I, I guess we're having trouble that this movie doesn't have a whole lot to say. <laughs> well, that's the problem. Yeah, the film doesn't have anything to say. So what do you say about it? Um, well, I guess like, I could run. There are attempts to make an American Godzilla for a while, right? Yeah. Because I'm just going to look up when the last Japanese one was before this. I think there was a bit of a gap. Because Toho does this thing where like every, every now and then they'll be like, oh, no, we're retiring Godzilla for now. And then sort of 10 years later, they'll change their mind. But That makes sense. I mean, uh, you know, there's some American... It's only 95. Yeah, 1995, there was Godzilla versus Destroyer, which is very much an ending. Like, Destroyer is a monster made from the Oxygen Destroyer in the original Godzilla film. And Godzilla sacrifices itself to kill it and stuff. And that was meant to be like, okay, we're going to stop making Godzilla films, let the Americans have a go. And this came out in 1998. And then in 1999, Godzilla 2000 came out. <laughs> it was like, nope, we got to stop making our own ones again. Yeah, I, I mean, I think this 
beyond the movie itself is just uh kind of seen as the worst use of an ip ever you know mm. which i guess they you know sony tried to tried again with spider-man when kept stumbling over its own <laughs> feet so yeah <laughs> well yeah sony is just even more than like disney or Warner Bros. the example of films made by a company not by artists and every now and then something accidentally comes out that's good but right. for the most part it's like in spite of sony not because of them but i i guess some that's of how you get morbius yeah, yeah. <laughs> I man, the the rules about that are so weird. I didn't know every one of these like kind of like periphery Spider-Man but not really films still mm -hmm. has to have like a periphery character from one of the Marvel ones. That's why Michael Keaton just randomly shows up at the end of, of they that. Don't one, have, they don't have to. Sony wants them to for to try and pretend it's tied into the Marvel films, then get some dollar. Yeah, yeah, it's just so it's so you know it's sweaty, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's very sweaty. <laughs> so um, that would be, I guess, but this one I I think still takes the crown for worst IP handling simply because mm. it you know they just smashed their head into a brick wall with this one basically. Well, also the difference with like the Sony's bad Spider-Man films is we'd already had two fantastic Spider-Man films, and then very quickly after we had three more great Spider-Man films, whereas like with this. We'd never had an American Godzilla before. We didn't get another attempt for 16 more years. <laughs> this was our chance to see, like, oh, here's a Godzilla movie made with the sort of budget Hollywood can give it. And, yeah, they absolutely blew it. See, as much as, like, the criticism you said about the, the new MonsterVerse ones are, are perfectly valid, but, you know, when I watched... Um, uh, Godzilla versus King Kong, I, the, the, T, the key flipped where I, like, quit caring about the mcu pretty much completely and uh there's yeah i in the monster verse probably helps because you only get a film every one or two years where mm, you know yeah, marvel's yeah, just yeah. crapping them out now i've just like you said do you want to see wakanda forever i was like oh i feel like i want to but i i can't get myself stoked <laughs> well I, I have intellectually i definitely have problems with the monster verse movies but i still fucking love them <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm certainly looking forward to whatever the next MonsterVerse is more than the next Marvel. So, <laughs> well, we are get so when listeners hear this, this is our first podcast of 2023. Happy New Year! Uh, this year, 2023, we are getting a new Japanese Godzilla film. Um, it's gonna be apparently it's set in like the 50s or like post-war Japan, so it might be like a genuine remake of the original. In the way that Peter Jackson's King Kong was, okay, um, or at least, or at least, go back to being like very much about like Hiroshima and stuff. Right, right. So I am very interested to see how that turns out. I hope they keep it to ninety minutes. Then. <laughs> and then next year, the um, twenty twenty four is the seventieth anniversary of Godzilla, and we're getting the next MonsterVerse one, which is called Godzilla and Kong. That's not a creative title. No, I guess they're friends now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's going to be like my dinner with Andre or something, except with giant monsters. I would watch a film that's just Godzilla and Kong hanging out for 90 minutes. Just like a <laughs> wildlife documentary. <laughs> Give a little playful push every once in a while. Yeah, no, yeah, real, yeah. no real rough housing. Godzilla shooting little laser beams to kill some fleas on King Kong's fur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This So Zilla doesn't have fire breath. He just lights... He, it it only lit some cars. Yeah, it on like fire. 
yeah, it's that whole I nineties and two thousands did a lot of this, right? Where it's adapting a thing, but it doesn't have the balls to admit it likes the thing. So <laughs> you get like a sort of nod to that thing from the comics or whatever, but they never show it. Yeah. I, and I, this I, is this is a hundred percent that. It's like, oh yeah, you nerds like it when it breathes fire, do you? <laughs> Isn't that silly? He's not going to yeah. be fire in our clever, serious Hollywood film, but he'll smash up some cars and they'll <laughs> light on fire and it'll look like he breathes fire because that's realistic. Yeah, I, I think the crown of that, and and it's not a movie I dislike. Just to go with your your uh, jumper, there is the first X Men is definitely I think the chief offender. Oh yeah, <laughs> what would you prefer, yellow spandex? <laughs> yes, yes, actually, yeah, would, would. please. <laughs> we still haven't really had a proper Wolverine costume. They teased it at the end of um, the Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Cyclops, I think they got, they got pretty much everyone else reasonably right. Well, by this yeah, point. by the time when they were doing the um, prequel X-Men's, they put them in more colorful costumes. But we never saw Wolverine in a costume in those films. Yeah, a good point. He's coming know. back for Deadpool 3, though, so I'll probably wear a costume in that. Oh, yeah, you can't hang out with Deadpool and not wear some yellow spandex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just how it rolls. Um, well, hopefully Hugh Jackman doesn't have roles. I know he's getting older, but he seems to be in shape. big ones you want to throw out on this Godzilla's quite a big one yeah well that <laughs> sometimes that I did actually that is one thing I, I've heard a lot of complaining also this is from the Evert review I think it's where it started that Godzilla's size is not consistent it didn't bug me the first time I watched it and it didn't bug me yesterday I did I mean I it didn't really process that much I guess that's kind of true of most monster films the original King Kong He's like a completely different size on the island to what he is on New York. Um, most of the Godzilla films have that a little bit. Like the Transformers are terrible for it, especially the cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you're watching it, like you say, you don't notice it. You have to be looking for that to have a problem with it. Because I think his thing is like, oh, how's Godzilla fit in a subway tunnel? I'm like, I doesn't really. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've never been to New York. I don't know how big the subway tunnels are. <laughs> Sure, Godzilla's down there. Why not? Well, he's kind of sticking its head in, right? It's yeah. Not, yeah. So I'm like, that's fine. That makes sense. Um, I do think what this film does well, which the Japanese films hadn't done much up until then and started doing afterwards, is properly having the human actors interact with the monster. So in the usually in the Japanese films, you'll get a scene of like Godzilla smashing up a model city. You'll get a scene of some people running away. Maybe one shot where the people are running in the foreground and Godzilla's in the background. But you don't really have, like in this film, where a guy is in a truck and the teeth are coming through the truck. Or like yeah. people, you see them on the train as Godzilla's lifting, that sort of thing. 
Yeah, um, I, guess, like, I guess the first thing to really try that was the 70s King Kong, right? Because mm-hmm. except like before that, you never have monster interaction like that. And again, it's partly it's like effects needed to evolve and you need to be able to throw mad money at it. But Hollywood mm-hmm. can afford to actually lift trucks up and shake them. So it's especially. Yeah, uh, you, you just went to Universal Studios Japan. Do they they don't have a confrontation, do they? No, they don't have a confrontation. They had oh, a um bad. They had the Jurassic Park ride where you go around the little water rapids and you see some pretty tired old looking dinosaur puppets. Okay. But yeah, the T Rex scare at the end was decent. I was just saying because that that you know, the confrontation has him picking up your tram and shaking it around like Yeah, oh I've I've seen I've seen images of it and it looks incredible. Like, you know, I'd love to ride that. Yeah, it was. It unfortunately was because I think it's the mummy or something now, but uh right. yeah. <laughs> what the Tom Cruise mummy? It might be. They might have gone for that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they were all in on the dark universe. <laughs> there is... Um, there's a, some Shin Godzilla rides at some theme park down in, like, Shikoku. Uh, there's, like, a zip line right into Shin Godzilla's mouth. It sounds like fun. <laughs> I think there's some more theme parky stuff coming. Okay. Because, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, you, know, you know, like you said, the monor- monster interaction... Especially with the mm. ride, unless it's on the screen, you don't want your monster on the screen. That's that's why I'm sitting here, you know, talking about the confrontation so much. I guess because yeah, Godzilla hasn't had a ride like that or anything yet. So I don't think so. I would love it, but I don't think he has. Like yeah. well, this—that's what I'm saying. You have to give this film props. It is a, a well-made monster movie because Roland Emmerich is good at making disaster movie scenes, right? Yeah, he I kind. Say- I think by the time he gets twenty twelve. He relies too much on CG, and you go back to not having that good interaction between the actors and the events. Mm. But I can't I... picture a scene in that film where it feels like your your actual on-screen actor is in danger. Right. I don't think we would have gotten Final Wars without this movie, though. This, no, we this, definitely wouldn't. This you know, lit the fire for having manic, insane action in your Godzilla movie. Um, the, the Heisei ones do have a bit of that. But I, I think they are also quite slow paced. Yeah. Maybe we, yeah, we would like, because Final Wars is ridiculously paced. <laughs> it is just Godzilla has 20 different fights. And instead of having talking in between, you have Kung Fu in between. So, like, yeah. <laughs> I love that film. Oh, I, I I think that's like, like you said, Shin Godzilla and the original masterpieces, but Final Wars kind of my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's like said, that's why it's informed with, with Emmerich films here not quote unquote good but sometimes they're amazing i'd, I'd say the see, I th- about final wars i think independence day at times does creep into good and i know a lot of people don't want to give it that credit but i think it does this doesn't <laughs> this is pretty bad but yeah it's very it is good at monster stuff i guess the question you always have to ask with this film if it hadn't been released under the name godzilla do you think people would think differently about it then it'd probably just be rain of fire yeah, but Reign of Fire didn't actually... The problem with Reign of Fire is that the posters showed a bunch of Dragon Carnage. They didn't actually have the budget for Dragon Carnage. <laughs> so it's mostly sort of a slow post-apocalyptic thing. Yeah, okay. But I just feel like... Because that, that is what this... happened here, right? Jurassic Park came out. It was a success. And they're like, well, what can we put out to match it? Well, we've got the Godzilla license. Nice, slap that on it and make our own dinosaur movie. Yeah, just because he's he's more like a T Rex in Jurassic Park than he is like any version of Godzilla. 
Yeah, really. I mean, it's kind of like the same thing with like the Total Recall remake or the RoboCop remake. Just don't call it that and you might have a reasonable movie. Yeah. Because, yeah, if this had just been like, you know, even if it had been called like a remake of The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, if they had to chuck a name on it. Yeah, that wouldn't have been a bad it's idea. Cl- it's closer to that anyway. With <laughs> New York and a big lizard. Oh, the other thing that um, the Ebert Review did point out is uh, one of the reasons that he hated this one so much was because he's like, I watched Gamera last year. <laughs> oh, yeah, the 90s Gamera's were coming out, right? But you're saying, like, you're saying, like we were saying, Toho wasn't doing Godzilla, but this was like prime Gamera time. Yeah. And that, that if you're comparing this against those Gamera films, yeah, this is a absolute turd. <laughs> we were in the Gam era. Yes, I guess that works. Okay. We better get on them this year as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I have the Blu-rays sitting with like 30 inches away. <laughs> but there's not many real classic sci-fis we haven't touched on now. Mm. So from now on, every time you ask me for a suggestion, I'm just going to say monster movies. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, though, this one held up a little better. You know, it's it's kind of like the cheese ball of time. You know, when you mm. watch it when it's new and you're just like, man, this is cheesy. And you give it 25 years and it's like, well, yes, yeah, cheesy, but it's like, you know, it, it, it's nostalgic cheese now. Oh, so yeah. That does make this movie better because watching 98, I, I, I didn't hate it. Like I said, I came out just with a meh, you know, mm. whereas now is definitely like the, the you got half the Simpsons. The, the music is as 90s as possible. The characters are drawn broadly in the in that derpy, you know, sitcom way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's kind of kind of fun to watch that now. Uh, like I think we do. Pro- I mean, our blockbusters are much. Better. I think they are more consistent than this now for sure. But um, we don't. But the problem now is they're too consistent. Exactly. In so the late nineties, while it was totally goofy in terms of blockbusters, those slight those mid level pictures were like you know we were having like a second Hollywood Renaissance. You know, yeah, lots of great movies coming out the the late nineties on mid to low budgets, and those just all go straight to streaming now. At least we're getting them again. I feel like ten years ago we just did not get them at all. Now they're just Maybe. going straight to streaming. So I guess that's better than nothing. Yeah. So I I'll, I'll get it gets a few extra nostalgia trip points on how it holds up, but uh, I don't. The thing is, if I'm if I want to watch Godzilla, like I won't be coming back to this movie, you know. Right. Yeah. 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 We we just came back to it for your toy, and yeah, because basically we can do. I feel like it's one we have to cover when we're doing the Godzillas, right? I think we have. Oh. Like, I love all the like Showa era Godzilla movies. I don't think we could get a full podcast out of each one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This one, at least. Yeah. There's so much weird cultural dissonance on this one. There's some uh, fodder for conversation. So. Mm. It's like a it's like an anthropology study or something. <laughs> like the weirdness of late nineties American culture and how it doesn't did not doesn't fit Godzilla at all. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah, like nineties was end of history with the kings of the world, like the peak of that attitude in America, right? Oh yeah. So of course <laughs> it doesn't match for Godzilla, a film made by a country that had just suffered a humiliating devastating defeat <laughs> right right this is all just raw i mean that was what you know we were going in, in the late 90s 96 97 it was like hey i wonder what new thing we're going to see explode in the in the trailers you know 
Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's this whole thing. ID four. Okay, there goes the White House. Oh, now it's got to be a city, and just what what are they going to blow up next? You know. <laughs> Little did we know they would blow up the World Trade Center. Oh yeah, the, the, also the the myriad shots of that in here certainly are dated. Well, um, the seventies King Kong is the craziest one for that because that's where King Kong climbs in that film. Exactly. Yeah. I, although that has the benefit of being twenty five years before yeah, they yeah, went yeah, down, yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah, yeah. to three years. So yes. <laughs> and um, what is he? Oh, this Godzilla attack is the worst disaster on New York since the World Trade Center bombing. Yeah. So it's like, huh? That, that feels weird now. <laughs> well, one interesting. They um, he does a bit of carnage, and then they evacuate the city. Right. So for the most of the film, they're fighting in an empty New York. Yeah. Um, whereas definitely, I think, if they did one after 9-11, that's something maybe they would lean into it being more higher casualty count. And they yeah. would lean into more of a tragedy of it. And I, whereas I this they... is very much trying to be like, no, 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 don't worry. No one's getting hurt. You can enjoy the carnage. Well, even when the people are in the city, I mean, you it's only inferred that anyone dies. You don't see anyone eat it. Mm. You just see them running. Yeah. <laughs> like like Godzilla steps on something. Oh, it's okay. There's a car there. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Zilla, whatever. <laughs> and I, in the context of watching this film, you can they call it Godzilla in the film, right? The character's name is Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. I just they even have the, to... well, they do the stupid joke of the Japanese guy calls it Godzilla. I was like, you idiot, it's not Godzilla, it's Godzilla. Yeah. And then when you get to the Monsterverse ones, they're just like, yeah, they got the Japanese cast say Godzilla. The American Cascade Godzilla, and no one comments on it throughout the films. That's fine. But I think that's fine. Yeah, that works for me. <laughs> uh, got you. Got a final word on this film? <clears throat> I don't know if it's a word. It's more of a gutterance. You can't do a Godzilla roar in your apartment, though. That'd piss off your neighbors. I just basically did. You want me to do it louder? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess tell them where we're at. Uh, we're on Twitter at Mon- MLSFS Pod. I almost said the Monster Mash one because we're talking about Monster. <laughs> we're also on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Just search Matt and Luke Sci-Fi Sanctuary. Make sure you give us a rating and a review and a like and a subscribe. Tell your friends about it. And uh, if you want to help support the podcast, keep it online. You can go to patreon.com slash podcastio podcastios where you'll also find links to the other podcasts that me and Matt create, like the Time Enough podcast, a podcast about Twilight Zone. There's Luke Loves Pokemon on Monster Mash. If you are into monsters, they talk about Pokemon and Monster Hunter respectively. And if you want to hear four British dudes swearing at each other, you can go and find the Game Game Show. Okay, you've officially adopted that one for yourself. That's cool. Yep. (laughs) Let's evacuate the city, I suppose. Yeah. How do you pronounce um, the lead character's name in this film? Oh, I was impressed when you just popped out of your head. But Nick's topless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that correct? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't think it's that difficult to pronounce, but all the American characters like Nick Tatapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapap
I, I think that was kind of like a side joke because um, what was it? Clinton's advisor was George Stephanopoulos or something. Uh, so I think I think that was like a weird political joke, kind of. Did you see the Clinton thing at the Game Awards? What's that? At the during the Game of the Year award, like the biggest award at the end of the night, some random kid got on stage who's not part of the team and just got the microphone and said, "I want to dedicate this award to my Reformed Orthodox Rabbi." Bill Clinton. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's got some cray cray going on, I guess. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. And the actual director of the game was stood behind him and there's photos where it looks like he's got the award in his hand. And he's looking at this kid and it looks like he's thinking of just braining him with this award. He looks furious. That would have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon, The Running Man, Picard Season 2.